generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Let's go to the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1. If I didn't appreciate somebody beside you, look at the person and say, consider yourself appreciated. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, uh, 5 to 8. Or oh, you know what? Maybe we should actually, yeah, let, let me sort of like stick with that. Let me stick with that. We appreciate the music team and the musicians always ready to just bless us, not just with their skills, but also with the anointing, and they're looking very dapper in their red and white. Their leaves are wearing red and black, and there's actually a mystery unveiled. So the thing is that the red, which is the blood of Jesus, cleanses the blackness of the human soul and makes it white as snow. So they're already ministering without even Shelly, I remember it's good to see you guys this morning. How are you doing? So that's the message of the day. Let's share the grace. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 1, 5 to 8. I'm going to teach more than I preach in the service, but take a lot of notes, but also let your spirit be open because I'll make some declarations. This month of March, you must march forward. As in, you and me, we will march. Do you understand? We've got to march forward. Our lives must, David, our lives, we must be able to look back and say, see what the Lord has done. And there is wisdom for advancement. Ecclesiastes says that the labor of the foolish weareth every one of them because they do not know the way to the city. So that means that there are certain cities you must access. Can I give you some of the cities you must access? Publicity. Audacity. Authentic. Come on, give me some more cities. Kappa. You must access that city. Some of you, you're doing great job, but nobody knows you exist. So you are your only customer, investor, critic, analyst, publicist, partner, Designer, coder, decoder, DSTV, antenna. Is he a decoder now? But God is going to expose your work to the spaces that matter. I'm not talking about just popularity. I'm talking about strategic influence. There are people whose names you will never hear that are richer than all the people on Forbes list. I hope you're aware of that. You know, some people, when they publish richest men in Nigeria, they'll just be laughing. They'll just be laughing. There's some crazy billionaires whose name you, you read, you read there and you'll be like, ah, who's this person? So I'm talking about that kind of strategic, for some of you, what God will give you is noiseless positioning. Yeah. But in your space, nothing will happen without your endorsement. Yeah. And for some of you, you have to be seen. You will not be hidden. Yeah. You will not be concealed. I'm shy, I'm shy, I'm shy, I'm shy, I don't want anybody to know I'm fly. Look at what it says, Jerome chapter 1, 5 to 8. On the side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began 
to explain this law saying the Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb saying you have dwelt long enough in this mount another one says enough at this mountain turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites to all the neighboring places in the plain in the mountains and in the lowland in the south and on the sea coast to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon as far as the great river the river Euphrates see I have set the land before you who should go in who should go in who sets the land who gave the promise who made the provision available who will go in the word says the path of the just is like a shining light but what it also says is that the steps of a good man are what ordered by God but who takes the steps Lord make a way for me make a way for me make a way God has already made, made the way now you travel the way he says you will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way who should walk in it so God will design the pathway but you must take on the journey God will shine the light on the area the aspect the sector the industry the place possibly the pattern the methodology but he is not going to embark on the journey for you so see I've set the land before you go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham Isaac and Jacob to give to them and their descendants after them notice a couple of things here it says you have dwelt long enough around this mountain whenever you are in a place where you are beginning to get dizzy what is happening oftentimes if you find yourself getting dizzy it's a sign that you've been moving in circles so there's something they used to do to me when I was a little child, which I now do to my son, something very good, don't get scared. What, I would, what they would do is they would hold me by two hands and they would swing me around in circles. Anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever did that? Anybody enjoyed being spun around at the time? It feels euphoric. Euphoric. Oh, I, I, I feel like I didn't sing it. And then you know the song actually says, baby, baby, come and roll. <laughs> so you're rolling. But after a while, what happens? So the fact that you keep rolling does not guarantee you own a Rolls Royce. <laughs> you're rolling, rolling, and what happens? You get dizzy whenever your vision begins to glow, grow blurred or becomes blurry it could be a sign that you've been moving in circles whenever you start feeling dizzy you're not comfortable this preaching to you not comfortable anymore you're being lifted so it feels like you're not doing the work you're being carried so it feels like the burden is not on you because when you're being spun around somebody's carrying your weight so you feel 
a sense of lightness or freedom, but a false sense of freedom will keep you in circles. And there are many of us who have not moved forward or advanced because at least they like me there. At least it pays the bills. Well, can I talk to somebody? At least I have some recognition. At least it's predictable. The question is, why is your benchmark at least? When God wants to give you at most. Because we get used to being spun around. It's all a joke until we land and then we can't find our feet. Because of the dizziness of the spin. Look at somebody say, are you feeling dizzy yet? Interestingly, he says that God spoke to them at Horeb. Where is Horeb? In Exodus chapter 3, the Bible tells us that there is a man called Moses. Most of us know Moses, or you can call him Mo, Mo. And this particular Mo had a moment with God. Where does he have this moment with God? The word tells us that he leads the sheep to the backside of the desert. And in that place, God visits him. Can I propose something to you that God is not always in front? Let it sink a little bit. He has to get to the back. The God is not always in front. <laughs> Because if God had a plan for Moses, he could have met him on the mountaintop. But God is not going to lift you up to the mountain until he's dealt with you at the back of the mountain. Because the mountain is going to broadcast who you are. And the mountaintop will broadcast who you are. And if you are is mediocre or incomplete, your mediocrity will be on full display. So private conversations precede public endorsement. So God's got to converse with Moses at the back of the mountain before he brings him to the front of Pharaoh. If you stand in front of Pharaoh without being at the back of the mountain, that will be the last time you will stand. What does that mean, please? Speak to me. High five your neighbor. Say, wow, Moku, is that, is that it? Guamoku. High five someone. Say, Guamoku. God, Jeremy is going to see. God's got to take you to the back of the mountain. Please, can I also announce to you that the word says that Moses led the flocks to Horeb. In other words, Horeb did not come to Moses. There are mountains you must come to by yourself. 
So some of you are casting fleeces. God, if you want me to, if you want me to, let three monkeys appear in my kitchen. Let a fish fly out of the fry pan. God said, no, mountain is not going to move. Somebody says, if the Muhammad does not come to the mountain, the mountain will come to Muhammad. Well, this is not Muhammad. This is Moses. And this time, Moses has got to come to the mountain. God needs you to come to the end of yourself so you can see the beginning of God. Stop asking God to break a relationship you should break. Stop asking God to cause conflict that you should extricate yourself from. Stop asking God to do what he wants you to do and lay that thing on the altar and say, God, I sacrifice this for you. It's not a circumstantial situational decision. It's a conscious intentional sacrifice. I am coming to Horeb. Slap somebody high five and say, come to Horeb quickly. Come to Horeb quickly. Can I have about seven sheep? Seven sheep. And you know, sheep, they can be very funny. You know sheep, they can be very funny. And there are people who can be sheepish. And the thing about sheep is that they get easily distracted. Nice something there. So for sheep that are not really mature, every other opportunity looks glamorous. Oh, come on people. Let's start from this area, sheep. But what I want you guys to do, come, come behind me. What I want you guys to do is, I want you to stray because sheep can really stray. <laughs> Moses! This is going to bless somebody. Moses! Yes, just, just stray. Moses is supposed to go to Horeb. But the word does not just say Moses went to Horeb. The word says that Moses led the flocks to Horeb. So, whilst Moses is moving, sheep are going in different direction. And has got to, hey, hey, sheep, come, come, come here. He's got to lead, Mr. Sheep. He's got to lead them to Horeb. They still want to pull him in different places. But... For Moses to encounter destiny, he cannot afford to be led by sheep. He's got to lead the sheep. Some of you are being led by your gifts. You are being led by your opportunities. You are being led by your options. We are being led by economy. You are being led by Canadian visa. You are being led. But you are being led by sheep. That means that sheep don't know where Horeb is. And you will end up in a dry place forever. But Moses, you've got to be strong enough to say, I've got all those gifts and all those opportunities. But we're going to Horeb. We're going to the Mount of God. We're going to the chosen place. We're going to the place of encounter. Look at somebody say, stop running after sheep. Lead them. Ah, there's an offer for an MBA here. Maybe I should cuckoo do MBA. Maybe I'm tall. Let me do NBA. Very soon you will do EBA ever. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying right now. Stop being led by opportunities and offers and pluses and minus. Go to the Mount of God. Go to Horeb. Take all the offers, all the opportunities, all the concepts to God and let God sift and sort them for you. the flock to Horeb 
The Bible says that Horeb was the mountain of God. Yeah. The mountain of God. And he led the sheep as scattered as they were. Because some of you have passions in different places. And you haven't learned how to harness the passions and take them to Horeb. And in Horeb, he has an encounter with God. He has an encounter with God. God speaks to him out of a burning bush. The bush is burning, it's not consumed. It's a powerful picture of eternity superimposing itself on time. The bush is not consumed, but there is fire on it. So the chemical process of combustion is intercepted by the presence of God in the bush. Because God lives not in time, but outside of time. Eternity lives in God, and when the eternal God stepped into time bound bush, it suspended the grip of time because time was required for the fire to burn. Fire does not burn instantly, immediately. Fire needs time to burn. So, God entering into the bush suspended the heat of the fire and collapsed the chemical process. Some of you know that the way your life is, you should be burnt up by now. Some of you know that being out of regular salary for six months, you should be a gunner. But even though you support Arsenal, you're still not a gunner. Come on, people. Some of you already know that everything should fall apart. But because Oluwa is involved, Jehovah is involved, he has suspended the economic chemical process that should have discombobulated you and disintegrated you. That on a 20,000 income, somehow you have your own accommodation. Somehow you still have your sanity in check. Somehow you're still functioning. Some of you are carrying your family burdens and your family bills and your family. But God is involved. Slap somebody a high five and tell them we're in horror. Thank you, sheep. In Horeb, God speaks to him. Damn it, it's good to see you. God speaks to him. Nice green and blue. It's patriotic. Green. God speaks to him in Horeb. Here is the problem. Most of us, we keep revolving around our previous experiences of God. So when he leads them out of Egypt, where did he lead them to? We read that in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Where did he lead them to? Horeb. That's where he lives, verse 5. He says that God spoke to them in Horeb and said, you've been around this mountain for too long. Many of us think that prophecy is the purpose of prophecy. So you keep dancing around the prophets, the promise that God gave you. So that promise now you put it on Canva, Spark Post, Swish, Legend. You've written it, you've colored it, you've painted it. Next thing you wear tattoo of it. You're dancing around Horeb. I love Horeb. 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 I love Horeb. Horeb is my home. <laughs> Lovely mountain. <laughs> this Horeb now, wow. Horeb, you love me too much. Oh. 
dancing around the promise Moses led them to the place where he was familiar some of us our comfort zone is the place of prayer some of y'all need to get that now so everything you say let me pray about it when you should design slides on it when you should practice a presentation for it when you should go out to the market space and bid for the contract let me pray about it let me pray about it you are horror baby god said there is a place for horror for divine conversations but there is a place for egypt where you must face the principalities on their thrones in the business world and say give me what belongs to me Believers, please fast. I'm a big subscriber to that. I can't tell you how many days I fast a year. But it's not my my days. Right? Believers, now make fasting and prayer the thing. The word says God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. That means that if you pray, you will reap the rewards of prayer. What's the reward of prayer? Faith, conviction, revelation. You will see things. Come on to me and I will show you greater mighty things. What's the reward for work? Results in the field that you work in. So prayer shows you what field to work in so that your labor will not be in vain. So prayer gives you divine wisdom because the labor of the foolish worth every one of them. So when prayer gives you the revelation in prayer or the revelation of what to do, then you must now go and do it. Because no matter how great a fashion designer you are with the emoji, what do you guys use? The dummy and the pictures on your uh, Adobe paint or something, whatever you used to design. Nobody wears pictures to wedding parties. So I've designed this lovely camisole or camouflage or what do you guys make? I've designed it. Can they wear it? Look at somebody say nobody eats recipes at parties. Right, Enoch, what do you eat? Look at your neighbor, say I've seen your recipe, where is your jalaf? Some of you didn't tell nobody that. Okay, you don't like jalaf rice. You like, come and help me here. You don't like jollof rice. You, you like amola. PM took me to one place in Surulira many years ago where there was fantastic amola. You know there's amala. Then there's amola with abula. Can I talk to somebody right now? Where the amola is swimming. Then the soup looks like the Red Sea with orishi rishi. And they use one spoon to part the Red Sea. And High five somebody. Say where is your Amala? I've seen your yam flour. I've seen the water. I've seen the pot. Can you put it together? Can you put it together? Can you move away from the realm of abstraction and promise and, and pictures to the place of composition? Seven things on the checklist. Number one, 
the first thing on the checklist is this. This is a checklist for advancement. For you to know whether you're really ready for advancement. Number one is this. Are you really tired of where you are? That's the first question. Because not everybody is tired of where they are. Some people are cool. <laughs> Pardon? I wonder. <laughs> Jabba Jobs. Like some folks, they're cool with that. They're cool with that, right? Cool where, where they are. Ah, me. Cool, they're cool. Everything is like fine. Are you fine? Fine. I'm fine. 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 Did you pay fine? Yes, but I'm still fine. 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 They're cool. How do I mean you're cool? That means that there is no alteration of your internal environment. You know that guy, that popular meme guy, Ojamilaraje? That means that it is pinching my body. When you know you're ready for advancement, something will be pinching your body. There's going to be a holy unrest, a divine distaste with where you are. There's going to be an alert in your spirit that there is more to your life. And it's going to be a nagging, persistent it's going to be like a puppy nibbling you in the side that lives with you and goes with you. You see, you, you remember, anybody read Aesop's Fables? Aesop's Fables? What do you guys read? Aesop's Fables. Sugar girl. Coconut girl. Candy girl. Backside stories. Kisses in the moonlight. One of the fables there was that there was a soldier, the Spartan soldiers, they are trained to endure pain and to hold it together and act as if they're all together. So there was one guy who had a fox and kept the fox in his cloak. And then his, I think, commanding officer was asking him, are you carrying anything? And the guy says, no, I'm not carrying anything. And the fox was eating his belly, but he held together and eventually he dropped dead. And then they saw the fox. Now, many of us, God will allow foxes to sort of like nibble us so that we can Get out of that space. I'm not saying God kills. God is not going to kill you. But if you don't run at a certain time, you might have too much work to do later. Which could have been avoided earlier. Look at somebody say, are you really tired of where you are? talking about that distaste you've got to be tired how do I know the word says the reason God raised Moses Exodus chapter 3 he said I have heard the cry of my people Israel so God did not respond to their situation he responded to their protest about the situation God saw their pain but he heard their cry God can know your struggle but he responds to your call God doesn't call people to you until you have called unto him. <laughs> Don't forget this. The Bible says that Paul, he had a vision. In the vision, somebody said, come over to Macedonia and help us. So God called 
Paul to Philippi, Macedonia, because somebody was crying. Whether it was a physical cry or someone was crying in prayer, someone was crying in pain, there was a cry that God got God's attention. Acts chapter 10, that's Acts 16, I believe. Acts chapter 10 explains to us that a certain man called Cornelius. He was offering arms and sacrifices and praying to God. He was not even saved. But his heart was responding to the living God and the God of heaven. And he was crying to God. Do you know what God did? God intercepted Peter's sleep with a vision on multiple locations within the, the similar span of, a short span of time. God is about to interrupt some people's plans because of the desperate cry of your heart. So number one, keep it a shot, are you tired? Ask yourself honestly. There was one blind man, Tag. There was that blind man. Jesus saw the blind man. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Doesn't sound interesting. This guy's blind. You're Jesus. You should know what he needs. Get me healed. Here's the tricky bit. Not every blind person wants to see. Because their blindness is a commercial tool. So ask for money. Some people who ask for sympathy don't want their situations resolved. They want your attention to them sustained. And that's why at some point, every mature believer must drop whatever they've used as crutches. The reason I'm like this is because my dad didn't grow up with me. Because my mother gave birth to my daddy. Because my uncle married my cousin. Legitimate, but at some point, you got to grow out of that and not deposit the entirety of your future to the whims and caprices of somebody else. So Jesus has got to ask him, what do you want me to do for you? And somebody will be like, nah, man, give me one million dollars. So that I might receive my sight. That's what I want. Number two on the checklist is this. Have you heard God concerning the place called forward? Have you heard God? Because some of us, we've heard ambition. And we've heard restlessness. And we've heard society. And we've heard suggestions. Oh, the way you look, you will make a good lawyer. I know I'm, I keep talking about lawyer. Sir, this guy, you know how to argue well. As if that's the main thing you need as a lawyer. Sir, that this guy is a very stubborn. He can talk with energy. You will make, I'll tell you what. I want to speak somewhere. <laughs> Many years ago, I'm actually going to the venue to speak uh, this afternoon. I went to this venue, a different meeting, not the same place. When this place and spoke, God's power was there, and people were excited and inspired and refreshed and blessed. And one young man walked up to me and said, Sir, sir, sir. I was like, I know, seven years ago. Sir, sir, sir. I, I really like the way you talk. I really like um, how you did everything that you did. Me too, I can be a very good motivational speaker because I talk very fast like you. Let me add other expressions. <laughs> but just didn't make sense to me. Right? Ah, ah, me, I can be a chef because I know how to pour water inside Indomie. <laughs> so have you heard God? Please let me tell you something. I can assure you of something. If God has not called you to it, no matter how glamorous it is, it's not forward. 
And if God has called you to it, no matter how backward it seems, it's forward. So in Acts 8, when it was that Philip had been used mightily by God in Samaria, I love the fact that you're listening and soaking this and like, you can put it back to me, I love that. I'm giving you a high five by Bluetooth. Do you receive it? Cool guy. Now, when Philip did massive miracles in Samaria, blind eyes opening, deaf ears, deaf ears, pop it, pop it up, open, and God called him out of a revival to one person. It looked like God was taking him backward. How do you leave a city called Samaria? Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. And go and attend to one person. Today they'll say, that guy's ministry has shrunk. His ministry has reduced. God is no longer with him. He's confused. But do you know in God's ministry itinerary for your life, sometimes one person you minister to is bigger than 5,000 people? This man, several years older than me, he was pastoring on campus before I got to campus. Maybe about the year I got to campus because I became pastor in year two. But he had been pastoring and he had this massive prayer meeting for men. Men. Men only, right? In the mornings. I mean, we used to have our own prayer meetings and all of that. He had prayer meetings for men that used to attract like how many, the range of people at the time. 400. Everybody knew him. I mean, we'll go to Lagos, Lagos Island. And people would know him back in Squazit. <laughs> Do you know what it said? The year after I became pastor, and I was the youngest pastor on campus because I became a pastor as a teenager. What did he say? He said, the Lord said to me that I should come and join your ministry. At, at the time, I think I took over one ministry was between two and 300. We grew that ministry to over 1,000 people within a few years forward is where God has called you to forward is not what looks this is so a lot of people don't even know pastor's story they'll go online and be saying rubbish they don't know the sacrifices they don't know the things they've had to shut down or close down I don't know so have you heard God number three because of time have you seen what God is showing based on what God has said? Now that's another layer, another level because it's not just about have you heard God? It's not just about that. It's also have you seen? Why is that important? Because many of us, we run only with a piece of the puzzle and we think we have the full information. So you love the guy, you love the guy, you love the guy, you love the guy, you love the guy. Oh Lord, I love this guy. Love this guy. Do you love this guy, my daughter? Yes, God, I love this guy. So what do you want from me? I don't think God speaks like that. No. Lord, I just want to know. Just tell me. Just tell me. I just want to know very clearly. Is it my husband? It doesn't matter whether it's my husband or not. I'll still marry him, but 
I just want to know. And then listen. God says, he is your husband. Man. God says your husband man. You didn't hear the man part. You heard husband and ran away. Yes! Sometimes God brings a man into your life to help you navigate a certain point. Sometimes. Sometimes like, ha, you are spoiling my plans. Not necessarily. But you understand what I'm saying? Because when the ghetto... When he gets to Horeb, Exodus chapter 3, the word tells us something that an angel called out to Moses from the midst of the bush, right? And the word says that Moses saw that the bush was burning and not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see. My goodness, I thought you just saw that the bush was burning but not consumed. Yes, he did. He must have seen it over his shoulders. And some of us are seeing what God is showing us with only 36 degree view of vision. And we've moved on. Because if Moses had moved on without turning aside to see, all he would have seen was, ah, today I saw one very interesting phenomenon. I saw a bush that was burned and not consumed. He never would have gotten the full details of his mandates. Could it be possible that somebody is dancing over premature miracles? Because when God shows you the first vision, it's a preview. Ask God what is the full thing. Some of you have only seen the wallpaper. You haven't double clicked the folder. Double click the folder. There's some songs in it, some videos in it, some elements in it. Keep on clicking until God says this is the fullness of it. The Bible says that Moses said, I will now turn aside and see. What it means is that when God shows you something, adjust the structure of your life to face it fully. Stop going full sorry, stop going part-time on what God has given you full time. God didn't say, Moses, turn. Moses said, I will turn. It's got to be my will. Have you seen what God is showing? What does that mean? God will give you glimpses, and based on the glimpses, God will show you a bigger picture. The more you engage the glimpse, the broader the vision becomes. Let me just announce to somebody, anything God calls you to can become massive if you pay massive attention to it. There's somebody that exports Akamu. She's a millionaire. She's a member of a church of my friend, one of my friends. She exports pop. I can't remember the name of Akam or something. Why Akam? Millions. Pop. Out of ground nuts. Somebody said, is it Mars or Kit Kat that has nuts inside? <sighs> See, I don't even know. Sneakers. I don't, I, don't, I don't have nuts in my sneakers. Some of you are getting sneaky because you eat too much sneakers. Why did the rapper eats a lot of chocolates because he wanted to internalize his bars anyway but 
Anything God calls you to. Some, some folks think they're like, ah, buzz, prison, buzz, snake out, rapper, I don't know. So, okay, just write, whatever you don't get, just write it down. Just, just write it down. So, I need to ask somebody after this. I, I can, I can. I'm marching forward right now. I can, I can get stuck. Anything God calls you to can become massive. Anything. If it's God that's called you to it, God says, if God says to you, start frying coolie coolie. There is more to the kuli kuli there. Yes, sir. And people will tell you, you are too cool for kuli kuli. Tell them, no. Kuli kuli is my coolness. Whatever it is that God has called it to is forward. So have you seen it? It's a call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that you didn't know. Don't just dance over what you know. Press in for the parts you don't know. Many of the revelations you receive are limited by the requests you've made. God doesn't hold revelation. He gives revelation. It says, fear not little flock for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. So have you seen what God has said? Somebody say, I'm seeing it. In other words, let the prophecy become pictures of promise. Move from having just words of prophecy to having pictures of promise. So God spoke to Abraham, damn it. He said to Abraham, and bless now, bless you, multiply, I'll multiply. But did God show him pictures or not? He took him out at night and showed him what? The stars. See, we're doing Master Life now. We're running the fifth stream of Master Life, I think. If you add all the online audience and all of that to Master Life and Love with Kings, we've trained over a hundred people. But it started with a four-step diagram I had in my house about two, almost two years ago now that I projected to people who were just about ten people in the room. Now you have hundred people in about five or seven countries who are connected to the internet going through that program. It starts with the word, then the word becomes a picture, then you have picture with, with which to pray in the place of intercession. Number four, by the way, part of seeing it is spying it. Spying it. Some of you are working as interns, but your internship is a spyership. I don't mean that you're doing that in shady ways to go and exploit who you're working with. I'm saying that God has given you the opportunity for exposure that you may not have had if you didn't volunteer your time. Spites. Joshua and Caleb, they went into the, the promised land to spy it. To spy the land. I got to run number four. Have you passed the test of faithfulness on your current level? You want to go forward? Have you passed the test of faithfulness? I believe it's Luke 16 verse 10 that says, He, confirm for me please, He that is faithful in little is faithful in much. Notice what it does not say. It does not say, He that is faithful in little will be faithful in much. It says, He that is faithful in little is faithful in much. So somebody says, Ah oh God, just try me with one million dollars. I will wound kings with offering. Wound Jorin. Pastor, do you have festive box? Because I want to wound you with money. Say, <laughs> like, Lord, just test me. Try me, try me. God says, I already did. 
with a 10,000 naira. Three weeks in a row, I've told you, give 10,000, give 10,000. You're acting as if you don't know, you're playing 10, 10, 10, 10. God says, I know what you would do with $10 million by seeing what you would do with 10,000 naira. He who is faithful in little is faithful in much. And if you're in a space where you're always receiving and not giving, you've not passed the test of faithfulness. Because faithfulness is not in how well you receive. How well you give. A lot of people are so consumed thinking about the next that they don't have the capacity to be effective in the now. So you're thinking about the next. Some of you want to go and think about next level. How about now level? How can you trust somebody with the next level when they've not leveled up in the now? Level up, level up, level up. Only 17 people understood what I just said. But some of you are so consumed about the future. God, what will I be in the next five years? What will I be in the next two years? What will I be? Everybody who was effective had a picture of the future, but they were fully committed in the present. I'll tell you what. The next is just the now after this now. The next is another now after this now. That means that if you don't focus on now, 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 when the next comes, you would have trained yourself in the art of being distracted from the now. So that when the now comes, or rather the next now becomes the now, you are still distracted in that new now, thinking about the next next. Anybody got it? Ah, so don't, don't worry. Me, neither have ideas. Let them just make me the MD. I will wound this company with strategy. Please, can you strategize yourself into faithfulness right now? The reason I'm coming late is because I'm not here as a supervisor. Me, if they make me supervisor. 4 a.m., I'll be at work. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you're subordinate and you cannot be at work, by five, there's no magic that will make you sustain it on the new level. What was Moses taking care of? Sheep. I looked through the Bible and I discovered that everybody that God used massively in the ministry had to be tested with mundane things first. Everybody. Gideon, wine press. Elisha, oxen. Samson, lion, and tigers and things. David. Lion and bear. God does not prepare you for the anointing with the anointing. Some of y'all, I, I, I learned this through process of many things I teach. I have to look at my life because people say, your life works. Things happen for you. What is the secret? And I'll be like, it's God, it's God. They'll say to me, does it mean I don't have God? So I started starting a bit of my journey and I saw the different things. My first department in the fellowship where I became pastor, okay, you were not there when I, became, when I, when I joined the department. I was in charge of cables. Cable departments. 
Cables, cords, microphones, and all of that. And some people want to hold the microphone, but they don't want to pack the cables. God cannot trust you with the microphone if he cannot trust you with the cables. God cannot trust you with the lives of people if he can't trust you with the secrets of Oyakabande Kovaza. God does not prepare you for the anointing with the anointing. Jesus was so faithful in carpentry, they said, Is it not the carpenter's son? In other words, the only image of him they had, and that's the beauty of God, so that when God launches you, people will not be able to believe it. I'm getting ready to close. Can I prophesy to somebody that God is going to establish you through faithfulness in the mundane thing, in the mundane thing, faithfulness. more than this God allowed Joseph to interpret the dreams of men because if you're not faithful interpreting the dreams of men you can't interpret the dreams of God ah, there are some things I can do for God but I can never do it for any man it says that if you love God you will love people so God knows how much you love him by how well you love people it's not rocket science. There's nothing spooky like, ah, me, I really love God, too, but I don't really like people. Well, you can't say that you love me, but you hate my picture. Because people are the image of God. They're made in the image of God. So faithfulness in the now. What was Moses looking after? Sheep. But he led the flock so well to Horeb. God said, ah, if this one can lead sheep to Horeb, it can lead people to Horeb. Number six, remain standing if you're standing. Number five, I'm in, I'm in the hurry. Have you become the person you need to become to go forward? <laughs> Have you become? There is a person you must become. One of the things I'm grateful for in my marriage is that my wife has helped me become a lot of things and I'll tell you some of them because you know sometimes you'll be like hmm, have I really helped you become this and that and this and that you say for some of us the issue is not the becoming we need is not in our competence we, we've gotten our competence right before marriage some people especially if you were devoted very early by the time I was getting married I've been pastoring for how much how long like over 10 years like 12 13 years not just pastoring I would spend days, hours. I've been spending between four and six hours studying, reading, praying, writing for the last about 15 years. Every day. Every day. Or maybe very few days. A lot of sacrifice. But she's helped me in some other areas. Not necessarily in preaching better or speaking better, which she has because I run some of my concepts by her. But in the areas of patience. Because I get stuff very quickly. I used to be so impatient like what did you know this? Like, who, who's like me? I mean, I'm still like that. Sometimes I'm, but she's helped me. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? In the area of patience, in the area of sensitivity, because I can get emotional, but I get emotional on like eternal stuff, like, you know, people are going to hell. I'll be whipping like a baby. But someone be like, ah, some mosquito just beat me. I used to, eh, it's okay. This bomb, collect it, be happy. 
my boyfriend just broke up. Ah, I'm really sorry, but it's for your good. The person wants to know that, ah, boyfriend, hi, Jesus Christ. Boyfriend, I feel like slapping him. I've had to learn that. Because my mind goes like, good riddance the bad rubbish. She's broken up, eh? Okay. Don't worry, your just destiny is intact. That was distraction. <laughs> so I've le- had to learn that. And those things, many times, they determine how well your gifts even go. And how effective you are. What I'm saying is our becoming is not always in the area of intelligence and sharpness. Some of us already have it. Some of you, what you need is humanity compassion me I had passion but my passion needs to come so now compassion to actually try to enter into people's worlds and not just give them another world that is better because some of them you give them a world that is better they even die see so there was this world but I'm, I'm stuck in this world you understand what I'm saying there's a person you need to become how do I know the word says they that know their God shall be shall be strong and do what? So that means not everybody can do exploits. It's only those that become strong. You see that? So there's a person you must become to face Goliath. There's a person you must become. Many Sunday nights. Well, this last night I slept very well, very, very, very well, and for long. Glory to God. Hallelujahs. But many nights, many Sunday nights, I sleep two, two and a half hours. And I'll come here, pray two services, council, have review meeting, all of that, all of that. Monday, maybe get a bit of rest. I'm training an organization or coaching somebody. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, running all those operations and all of that. Many people cannot do it because they have not become the people that can do it. It's not about, I will just make up my mind to do it. There's a person you must become. There's a capacity you must have. A 50 cl bottle cannot contain two liters of water. It cannot. It must be reconfigured, modified, expanded, stretched. Not everybody can stand before an audience and receive songs and it makes sense. There's a person you must become. There's a person you must become. And it's not about forming it. If you form it, it will deform you. You must become it. You must become it. Here's what the word says. He says, uh, Paul, it says, be imitators of those who through faith and patience possess the promise. That means not everybody can possess the promise. And number six, well, six or seven, Number six is, are you dressed for it? Are you dressed for it? For the next level. Jesus tells a parable that some certain people were called to a feast. And remember what happened? One of them was not well dressed. He just walked in and said, Oh my God, oh my God. That's right, I've been on this place before, before. I said, they do, but you know, I said, make I just show. He wasn't well dressed. I'm like, how do you switch from this Porsche? <laughs> wasn't well dressed. Do you know what happened? Somebody came to me. Let's kiss her. <laughs> but that's it. In 21st 
Century Nigerian version. Excuse me. Please. Get out of here. He said, you're not dressed for it. So some of us, we already have the internal configuration, but our branding does not speak of the level we want to go to. So you can sew clothes for Africa, but when people go to your Instagram page, it looks like a former gram. Nothing that speaks of the excellence of your product. You are busy shelling up and down your product description. This red dress will redress you. If you are seeking redress, are you dressed for it? Are you dressed for it? And I'm talking about your pre- what's your dressing presentation to the world. Presentation to the world. Are you dressed for it? God spoke to Mo- uh, uh, Moses. He said, "Make holy garments for Aaron and his sons for glory and for beauty." That's God, intentional God. He said, "Make it for glory and for beauty." Why? The Israelites had been used to wearing old clothes, no clothes for a long time. They even, they're not even really used to the clothes culture. God led them through the wilderness and their clothes did not shrink or expand. That was miraculous, by the way. Their shoes didn't wear out. But they were not used to seeing new clothes. God said, for the new level I'm bringing the priesthood to, they must be dressed for it. Some of you, not everybody, make an investment in your wardrobe. So when you're going to make a presentation to that company, don't look like a hustler. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hustler. But boy, this guy was still our money. He's hungry. Every man in this house invests in a good blazer. Navy blue, preferably. So that works. Don't just go and buy black. Black, black. They see you from a distance. Be like, ah, is he wearing black? Clothes. Guys have at least two to three white shirts. Crisp white shirts. But I'm training banks. I don't dress like this. At some point, I'll get to that level. You know, at the level, it doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter what you wear, right? Okay. At some point. But whilst you are going up, don't let them shoot you down. This guy doesn't even understand culture, corporate culture. He's just, he's just be jumping up and down. Right? When I'm speaking to you, I'm not here wearing Agbada. Why do I dress the way I dress here? Many times, I said to myself, I would never come up with a structure or a system where people have to think I can't go to church because I don't have what to wear. Wearing jeans, I don't know how much, maybe 5,000 or 7,000 naira jeans. This one, I can't remember, $30 or 20, I don't know. It's not, it's not, you don't have to save money to wear what I'm wearing. Do you understand? It's intentional. Oh, I know how to cack. If I can wear two ties and make them work together, pink stripe. But I don't want to wake up any morning and say, ah, kill I will wear. <laughs> I don't want that. You can come in your jeans. You can come. You sure? Come. Service team, oh. Don't go and wear. You know, service team, we have some standards. But all the same, it doesn't have to be. Isn't there anything? Anyway. Are you dressed for it? And finally, are you ready to raise your rod? 
Are you ready to raise your rod, your staff? What does that mean, Moses? This was what, what happened. God said to Moses when he cried to him, he said, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to go forward. And I love what it said. The God said, raise your rod and divide the sea. Yay! I'd never seen it like that before. I'd seen that Moses raised his rod and God sent the east wind. God literally said to Moses, raise your rod and divide the sea. In other words, Moses, you are really the one dividing the sea. Wow! With your instruments, what I expose to you in private is what I will use to deliver people in public. Many of your private revelations are for public deliverance at the right time. Some of you, once you find that road, you start dividing people's water up and down. They'll be boiling water in the kitchen. Ah, where did my water go? Sir, not me now. The water patter. In fact, you would even, you'd even snap like any small thing that God shows you, you build something around it. Moses, if some people were Moses, when they saw the bush burning, they would have registered BBM. Burning Bush Ministries. Keep it till you get to the Red Sea. Don't waste your rod. But when God says lift the rod, don't hide it. Some of you, people are, are stranded at the Red Sea of life and you have the rod with you. My little petty rod. You even have ribbon on the rod. You've tattooed the rod. You've etched the signature on the rod. God said, lift this thing and part the Red Sea. God, is he your rod? Let's bless the name of the Lord. We're going forward. Let's raise our hands to heaven. Wow, the media team gave us a lot to read. That's good. You can take a picture of it or something. I like this. There's a spirit of sweetness and affirmation in the service. LT, there is something happening with you this morning. Faith, there is something happening with you this morning. Enoch, there is something happening with you this morning. I wanted to know that I believe in you. I believe in God's call upon your life. Adozi Badaga, Sindokosia Dabasis. You are not a waste. You are not in error. Yes, you're not perfect, but the Lord will not throw you away. Heaven is hugging some of you right now. God is hugging some of you right now. It's okay. It's all right. Everything's gonna be all right. It's okay. It's all right. Everything will be alright It's okay, it's alright Everything will be alright It's okay, it's alright Heaven is hugging somebody right now Oh
God is showing some of you pictures that you had forgotten. Engage this moment. We don't have a lot of time to go. Engage it. It's okay. It's all right. Everything's gonna be alright. It's okay. It's all right. Everything's gonna be alright. It's okay. It's all right. 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 God just wants me to tell somebody that somebody who's sort of worried I've lost time I've lost energy I've lost opportunities I've lost people it's okay everything's gonna be alright it's okay it's alright The Lord says somebody has been stretched. God is stretching you. He has not abandoned you or forsaken you or forgotten about you. It's okay. It's alright. Everything's gonna be alright. Somebody sing it. It's okay. Somebody sing it. It's okay. It's alright. Everything's gonna be alright. It's okay. Everything's gonna be alright. Hey, hey, it's okay. It's alright. Everything's gonna be alright. It's okay. Father we receive this we're going forward and we're not scared of the future because there is no battle that you haven't won that you cannot win that you will not lift us through there's no struggle no challenge no difficulty no complication 
no hell, no fire, no storm, no rain, no shame, no hindrance, no barrier, no barricade, no loss. Thank you. As we go through this checklist in our private times of meditation and preparation, we see with precision the areas where we must grow and adjust. And we release ourselves to your tutelage, to your life, to your strength. We receive uncommon wisdom. We receive malleability, teachability. We receive grace for growth. We will not be conceited saying that's the way I am. That's how I am. We will say, Lord, make me like you. Make me like you. To be more like you. In thought, in word, in speech, in deed. We receive this, Lord, with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.